Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Finishing Well podcast. If you are 65 or older, we welcome you as a part of our senior generation. And if younger, we welcome you as well. Whether older or younger, this is the spot where we discuss how we can all live our lives and finish our lives well and with purpose. I'm Randy Hess, and I'm pleased to be here today with my good friend, Hal Habaker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries. Randy, it's great to be with you again. Look forward to these times. Look forward to engaging our audience as well. So what are we doing today, Hal? Well, we're discussing the general question, what does it mean to finish well? Our ministry is called Finishing Well Ministries. So it's appropriate to ask the question, what does it mean to finish well? What does it take? What are the givens? What are the requirements? And kind of take them apart and digest them a little bit. That's what we're going to do today. How do you want to do that? Well, I have a list of things here, Randy, uh, that I want to go through on what it means to finish well. And let's just roll through those in general and interact with them. Mm -hmm. A couple things in general before you even start this discussion. You know, I love Romans 8. I think it's verse 15. Uh, Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. You know, you could ask, well, what else do you need other than just being led of the Spirit of God? Well, you could answer this question, what does it mean to finish well by that? But I don't think that's sufficient because to be led by the Spirit means all the details of your life. Like, for example, you could say, well, I'm just going to be led by the Spirit and I'll have a successful marriage. I'll just be led by the Spirit and have successful kids. I'll just be led by the Spirit and have a successful job. Well, that's true in a general sense, but the Spirit works through specifics in our lives. So what specifically would you do in your marriage? What specifically would you do about raising your kids? And it's a comprehensive view of Scripture. It's a comprehensive view of all the things in life that go into following the leadership of the Spirit in our life which is being like Jesus and learning to do that in all the particulars of our life. So in that sense, this is what it means to finish well. Let's look at some particulars and use them as a springboard to grow in understanding what it means to finish well. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. Okay. Well, let me introduce the first one. In my mind, what it means to finish well is to have a biblical worldview of who I am and where I'm at in life. That means having a sense of value for the aging segment of my life. I have lived through the productive years of my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. So now I'm in my retirement years, defined by society when you retire. But I need to understand what the biblical perspective of aging well is. And that begins with a foundational understanding of the value of these years. And that's where I go back to a biblical worldview. The scriptures value the aging years in all kinds of dimensions. So if I'm going to want to finish well, I need to understand the value of the years where I am, what God's purpose is in them, what my mission is in them, and what he requires of me to finish well. Would you say that I can be thinking about these kinds of things as I'm in my middle ages? Middle age, I mean. Absolutely. I I would say, and I often say this about our ministry, finishing well is for every day. 
Yeah. Finishing well is for a decade. Finishing well is for a season in life. F- fin- to, li- to finish well, you need to live well. So I need yeah. to live this day well. So everything I'm doing today and understanding about my value in living this life, Psalm 1824, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and live it to the hilt for God's purposes in it. So I'm going to do a lot of different things today. So I'm understanding what his value is in my life as I live this day, the conversations I have, the people I'm meeting with, planning for finishing well ministries and even this podcast. So it means having a biblical frame of reference, a vision for God's purpose in this day, this season of my life, this decade, whether I'm a grandparent, whether I'm a husband or whatever it is. So that's the foundation. Do I have a biblical frame of reference for what God is asking me to do at my stage in life? Yes. And does it, it does sound too, like you're saying, am I, uh, am I aware and am I tuning in to the Holy Spirit in my life? Am I tuning in to the kind of things that um, I see and hear that I think are coming from? from the Holy Spirit to guide me. I I agree, Randy. Let me jump to the second thing I have in my mind here. Finishing well in a biblical context means having a sense of mission. You know, I love the old adage, aim at nothing and you hit it every time. Right. (laughs) I love it. Right. But what is my sense of mission? Mm -hmm. Now, let me draw a comparison. My sense of mission is different today in my 70s than it was in my 40s when my kids were little. I have a different sense of mission in relating to little people. I have a different sense of mission in relating to adolescents, as opposed to when I was a pastor, having a busy life leading the church, leading your family, balancing different priorities, et cetera. So I had a mission there using certain skills in my life. So where I'm at now, What is my mission now? What is my mission with respect to the experiences God has given me? What is my mission with respect to my gifts? And one of the things I'm doing in my life right now, I think my one of my gifts is teaching, encouraging people. And I've shifted that over to people in our latter years where I want to equip people with a sense of mission, what they're about, what it means in their marriage, what it means with their adult kids, what it means with their grandkids, what it means with your time, what it means with your gifts, spiritual gifts, natural gifts. What does it mean with your experiences? And I think all of that ought to be reduced to a sense of mission. Why has God put you here? And of course, that goes back to our biblical frame of our worldview. God has you here at this time, in this point in history, in this geographic location, in this church that you're in, in your setting, in your family for a particular purpose. Do you understand that? Do I understand it? The more I understand it, the more I'll finish well. Sounds like mission involves um, going beyond yourself as well, getting beyond yourself, getting beyond taking care of number one, uh, if I'm reading you correctly. Mission usually involves uh, a mission in life in terms of finding a larger purpose for yourself, uh, thinking about others some in some form or fashion. One other one or more than others, I guess. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I would add a little caveat on that. My, my, my own person is involved in that 
worldview of reaching others. For example, let me give you, what is your mission in terms of your own personal growth in Christ? Mm-hmm. I think of Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. So there is the Spirit's confirmation process that happens in my life in conforming me more to the person of Jesus, but that's not an abstract. That fits what you just said. There's a series of relationships with which I'm involved in all kinds of people in living as a more mature man made in the image of Jesus. So I'm becoming more mature in my mission of my own personal growth in my relationship with my wife, with my relationship with my adult kids, my grandkids, people I go to church with, people I teach, you know, wherever it is. So it is an inner desire to grow personally, but that has all kinds of ramifications relationally. Yeah. You're saying as I grow, the natural offshoot of that, just that process is to utilize, maybe not utilize, but work with others, uh, consult with others, rely on others, uh, bring others into my thinking and my fold, uh, get into their, uh, maybe come alongside them and help with what they're trying to do as well in their personal growth. It sounds like it's a process, Hal, that you're talking about when you talk about that that growth. It's not just sitting isolated in a cubicle or a room somewhere, reading book after book after book and never talking to anybody. Am I am I correct? You're exactly correct. And in fact, you can't do that. You you can't live an isolated life, even though the aging process tends to isolate us. We are made for people. We we are made in the image of God for relationships. And that leads to, you know, I have a mission. I need to plan to execute that mission. And that mission involves relationships. Yeah. First of all, a relationship with Jesus, a relationship of listening to the Holy Spirit in the context of my friends. I refuse to be isolated. It's the second essential. I will connect with others. I will not live alone. And even as I age and I'm with aging people, the aging process tends to lead to a greater sense of loneliness and alienation uh, wherever you are in the process. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, that's one of the struggles in life. You know, we get mm-hmm. so busy with other people, we need to sit and take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like my friend David Allen says you got to be a missionary to yourself so that you can build those healthy kind of relationships. So to finish well, I need to be continually growing in relationships with others who are going to stimulate and provoke me to love and good deeds. That's Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. So relationships are critical. You need great friends who are going to pray with you, encourage you. So I like to ask aging people, who is your accountability group? Who are they? Are they around you? How often do you meet with them? How often do they speak into your life? How often do they encourage you? How do you know they're praying for you? What do you share with your life about them? So that's part of finishing well, a healthy, growing set of relationships, a plan on our mission, uh, things you're pointing at to help you grow. It reminds me of all the six essentials. You know, I will grow. Yeah. I will connect. I will love. I will invest. I will be available. And I will plan ahead. For when I won't be here, we are on a journey in life 
So, you know, somebody has said uh, there's two things that every person will experience in this life. You will either die or you'll watch other people die. <laughs> it's kind of a blunt way of putting it, but we're all on a journey. So where you are in that journey and what you're doing in your life in process of that journey makes all the difference in the world about finishing well. An another thing I want to talk about just for a minute, finishing well means working through hardships and roadblocks in your life. You know, life is fraught with many, many challenges. You, you have challenges in your health. You have challenges in your own head, in your own life, figuring stuff out. What's, what's going to happen? Uh, you may have uh, physical disabilities. You may have relational disabilities. Uh, you may have problems with your family. You may have problems with your neighbors. You know, and all these things, in a sense, the devil uses to work against finishing well. So one of my convictions is that I need to have an attitude of positivity, you might say, in dealing with hardships and roadblocks in your life. Of course, here, here again, the, the Bible is, is so helpful. I mean, this we're, fil we're filming, <laughs> we're doing this podcast at the beginning of uh, Palm Sunday, the uh, Friday before Palm Sunday. And this was Jesus' greatest week, you might say. You know, he says in John 17, 1, Father, the hour has come, the hour of his greatest trial in life. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. James says this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith helps you grow. So do I have a, a mission in mind? Part of my mission is encountering hardships and growing through them. You know, I've had a number of physical challenges in my life, operations and things like that, and they slow you down and they make you redefine who you are and find another way to be active. But are they challenges that I address and work at and grow through in my life? And the more I age, the more my body changes, the more those challenges will appear, make themselves present in our lives. Uh, you know, whether it's a hearing challenge, you know, and you get a hearing aid and you have to work harder at listening to people, whatever it is, you know, there are challenges. I think of Proverbs 24.10. If you're slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. In other words, think ahead about the challenges that are coming. You know, as you encounter a new season in life, a new season in your family, a new grandchildren, new great-grandchildren, new, new, new hardships you, you're going to face, new living situations. Are you thinking ahead? Are you growing in those, Randy? And those are good questions for me and others to ask ourselves as we, as we try to finish well. If I could think ahead to the end for a minute. Uh, you know, one of the great verses in this is 2 Timothy 4, 7, where the Apostle Paul says, I have fought the good fight. Now, as I, I enumerate three things here, I fought the good fight, I have completed the course, and I have kept the faith. I mean, you could say those three things are essential to finish well. Mm. There is a fight in life. You know, we're just talking about those barriers in life. What are the things that come in 
that Satan uses to get us off track, uses as barriers to keep us from growing. I have, I have fought the good fight. You know, you look at all the things that Jesus went through. You look at the saints in the, in the scriptures. You look at the people in Hebrews 11 that are in the hall of faith. Uh, every one of them had challenges in their life. They fought the good fight of working through what God required of them, of working through enemies that opposed them and fought against them. And they had to trust God. They completed the course. You know, when God called Abraham, Abram, he was then at 75 to leave Ur of the Chaldees, there was a course, there was a geographical distance in his life. He went through a new country. He, he had to go to the promised land and experience everything new in his life. So I think about that in our aging. Next year or next month, I will add another year to my life. It's my birthday. I'll be 72. I've never lived as a 72-year-old man before. So the journey into the year of my 72nd year is totally new to me. So Paul says, I fought the fight. There'll be issues that come up in my life in my 72nd year. I've completed the course. You know, I think I want to get to 73. So there's a year-long course there with all kinds of experiences. Will I listen to the Spirit? Will I understand how He wants to use me? Will I refine my mission in ways that I don't yet know? Will I deal with that? And then the, the, the last one is, I have kept the faith. So here we go back to, Randy, your first question. You know, what does it mean for me personally to follow Jesus? Well, what, it, what I think it means, I purpose to follow Jesus every day of my life for as long as I live. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I want to listen to him through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to do what he purposed me to do in this year, in next year, every year, as long as I live. So I've kept the faith. I think that means, among many things, I kept the faith vital and alive in my life. So in my 71st year, as I finish this year, I want to be as alive spiritually in my faith as I've ever been. As I think about 72, what it, the question is, what does it mean to finish well? I, I want to finish well by having my faith as alive. I want to finish well having my faith alive in my marriage that Vicki and I share together, having my faith as alive with my kids, my grandkids, the people I live and work with in church, here in the Hope Center, the people I meet with, our board. I mean, you go on through the, the list of people that your life involves, and I want to I want to work through the fight. I want to finish the course, and I want to keep the faith. I want to die with a faith that is as alive in my dying hours as I am right now. I think of Paul. For me to live every day is Christ. When I get to my point of death, I want to die with that living faith that will make all the difference in the world. Make sense? Yes, it does. A couple of the verses that I want to just throw out there. In terms of our faith, uh, dealing with roadblocks and continuing to work through things, Second Corinthians 4.16 is, is a wonderful verse. The concepts here, uh, Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. That's that living faith that Paul talks about. 
in 2 Timothy 4, 7. I kept the faith. And then Paul says, while we look, look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. So if I want to finish well, I need to keep an eternal perspective through all the details in my life, through all the relationships I've involved with. And that takes us right back to where we started. Do you have a biblical frame of reference for your worldview? Why are you here? What does God want to do with your life? Are you using your gifts? Are you using your experiences? Are you using all the living in all the relationships that you have now for the glory of God? He'll stretch you through them. He'll stretch others through you. If I understand why he has me here and what this is all about. I, I feel how that today you have presented a strong um, gospel support to me and to others who need it, to know that I can consult the word uh, as I as I just as I conduct my life, I can consult the word and I can consult other friends about it, and I can begin to uh, clarify what my mission may have already been that I just didn't pick up on, or I may clarify what I have been thinking about but haven't acted on um, about myself and what I can do for uh, for others and things I've been wanting to do for others. Uh, or I can begin to tune into and pray about my spiritual gift. If if I if I can discover that gift that I have, that I can naturally, easily use uh, to take out side of myself to take out and uh, connect with others in some way. We've talked about this before, Hal, and I think much of what you said today resonates with it. The, the, the people involved in my life are so important to, to finishing well. And those people, we're not talking about a cast of thousands here. Uh, we're not talking about getting up in front of some gigantic audience uh, we're talking about the people in my family. We're talking about the people that are my neighbors, aren't we? We're talking about my good friends. We're talking about my my friends in church. We're talking about the people I I, I want to help and relate to, but we're also about talking about people that I may not know very well, but I can see a need because I'm tuning into it. I've I've prayed about it. I've consulted the word about it. I've uh, slept on it many nights, so to speak, and I've begun to gel in my mind that that is something I can do for somebody else. That's something I can, I'm going to find a way to make a difference in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear you saying. And if I'm in tune with the Lord, that becomes a little bit easier for me to do. It becomes a little bit more encouraging for me because the word supports what I 
what I'm trying to do, and it becomes a little bit clearer. Uh, we're not saying that something's going to fall out of the upper uh, shelves of my closet in my lap and say, this is your ministry, are we? But we are saying that as I pray about it, as I consult the Word, as I consult my good friends who are close to the Word, as we all pray together about it, that I'm going to get a clearer impression and clearer idea of how I influence others, how I support others, how I encourage others. And um, that may not happen overnight, may not happen in two days or three days or a week. It may take me a little longer. But I, but you, what I hear you saying, Hal, and what is kind of refreshing and encouraging to me is I know that's what the Lord is looking for in me and out of me and has prepared me for. And that's, I just have to give it enough time and then begin to, if it takes a little courage, to stoke up my courage and 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 begin to do it. Am I am I on the right track in what you just said? I, I think you are, Randy. Let me wrap up our time with a couple of things that come to my mind. Uh, as we think of finishing well, I think there was a movie about this some years back. I can't remember, but do you, do you have a bucket list of things you want to do before you can't do them anymore? Whether it is, do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to, uh, do you want to visit a country? I mean, do you have a bucket list? Well, I have a bucket list. I, I work on these things. They part of them are me and what I want to do uh, with my life, my places to visit, things to do, things to write, etc. So I think about this as Jesus looks at my life. What would he say? How your bucket list should be this? Well, for example, what do you want to do in your marriage? If you have another 20 years in your marriage, what do you want to do? You're, you, you and Vicki are at a new place in your life. Seth, you just celebrated an anniversary, 20. I mean, Seth's our engineer, by the way. You, you know, what, what does God want us to do as we finish? And I don't know. I mean, you look at your life, you look at your concerns, look at your interests, look at your gifts. But I think he has a plan for me. Hal Habecker, Randy Hess, for our listener, he has a plan for you. And, and then to, to really, the, the final thing I think of, in Hebrews 12, the writer of Hebrews gives us a brilliant verse. It's verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despised the shame and completed his course and sat down at the right hand of his father. Jesus had a mission. He had a plan. It involved people. It involved training people, training the 11, dealing with opposition and continuing, continuing to grow right up to the very end of his life. And perhaps well, not perhaps, I think in his death, he accomplished everything the Father sent him to do to show the Father's love. So we're back to where we started. If you follow Jesus, if you follow the Holy Spirit, you're going to finish well. 
But look at Jesus' life and look at the details of it and how he lived and how he died, how he faced hardship, and how God worked through his life for you and for me. So that's 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 the message. What does God want for you and me in our relationships with others, in our relationship with themselves? Keep fighting that. Keep fighting for the faith. Keep completing the course. Don't stop. And I think that's what it means to finish well. I think it applies to every day. You know, God has a purpose for me today. He has a purpose for me tomorrow. He has a purpose for each one of us. And may God help us to keep living well and finishing well every day of our lives. Does that make sense? Yep. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope uh, you found this encouraging. I, I find it encouraging to me to keep practicing what I preach, so to speak, what I teach, the way I live. If you have uh, if I've touched a spot in your life, you want to follow this through more, check out our six essentials on our website, six essentials for finishing well. And to listen to this podcast again or say, share it with others, you can see it on our website, uh, finishingwellministries.org slash podcast or Find it on your platform where you get your podcast, and it's a joy to be with you. Thank you, Randy, for being with me today and doing this together. I love it, and have a blessed day.